0: I want you to look in your book, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18. I don't want to be lengthy because I know we have a our brothers going to speak also tonight. And uh, what I try to do when I uh, have somebody preaching after me. I don't really try to preach the best sermon I ever preached in my life. I don't wanna preach the lousiest sermon I ever preached in my life either. But uh, <laughs> his spot's more important than my spot tonight. But I, This is what the Lord wanted me to talk to you about. And I, I offer it tonight. I thought about it as young lady was singing about uh, the gift that she gives to the Lord is herself. And uh, I I think I I never heard that song before, but it's very thought-provoking. And that's what the Lord wants. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice to Him. Now, I want to offer tonight my thoughts as my Christmas gift uh, to Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. And all things are of God as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Dear Lord, whatever it is that affects a man takes what comes from his lips as the anointed preaching of the word of God. I pray, Lord, that that might take place in my own life tonight. And I pray that the thoughts, though a blessing to me, would be even more so in our listeners' ears tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to talk to you tonight on this topic, the gathering of broken pieces. The gathering of broken pieces. And let me give you this story. Many years ago, the Duke of Norfolk in England sent to the King of England a very priceless treasure, to show his esteem and appreciation to his sovereign. It was a vase called the Portland vase. It was a very rare and priceless antique. The king, so honored by the gift, desired to share it with his subjects. So he placed it in the British Museum, Years passed, and the duke's head servant, filled with pride, prod- uh, plotted to overthrow the fiefdom. It was discovered he was dismissed. And now even more, fired with hatred, he planned revenge. Some grand scheme to hurt the duke. His vengeance focused on the Portland vase. He went to London's most famous museum. He located the vase. The deed began to form in his vile mind. Cautiously, he waited until all the observers had left that area. He went behind the restraints. He clutched that vase in both of his hands, lifted it above his head, and thrust it to the floor where it was smashed and shattered into thousands of pieces. His evil work of revenge, he felt, was complete. Guards and guides came, but it was way too late. The priceless Portland vase Was ruined. In shock, the attendants swept up the pieces. The fragile antique was broken beyond repair. When the king was informed of the tragedy, he declared, Save every piece. We will seek a craftsman who can repair it, no matter what the cost. The search commenced. Long months seemed but fruitless. Finally, in the north of Scotland, a distant relative of the original artisan was found. He was commissioned to repair the vase. And after long, painstaking labor and effort, the task was completed. Patiently, every piece had been examined. Each fragment found its place and delicately, delicately was affixed back where it belonged. Today you could go to the British Museum and you could still see this priceless artifact, very, very minutely marked by the master's restoration. I offer this parable to somehow, I hope, portray and that Powerfully to illustrate the story of man's fall and God's great love in giving his son to restore and rescue fallen man from the trash heap of society. I want you to consider initially tonight the calamity. There was an angel. He was called the cherub that covered He was but second to God, the Trinity. He was beautiful and talented and brilliant. He was the head musician in heaven. Lucifer, the son of the morning. His problem, like so many even today, was pride. Matter of fact, he is called the prince of pride. He plotted to overthrow God Almighty. He said in his pride, I will ascend above. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of God. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. It was a ministry of deception he has, over the eons of time, deceived many. He was cast out. He was defeated. Pride had brought about his downfall. But he was still angry at God. His heart was filled with hatred toward heaven. Hostility still raged in his bosom toward the holy God. And with aggregated aggression... Against all that he'd known, he determined somehow to get even with God. He bided his time. And then a couple showed up on this planet and he turned his attention to God's most precious creation, a priceless possession Man. He thought by destroying man, I can, I can even my score with God. And so man was deceived into sin. He lifted up man as it were and cast him to the ground in a flash of satanic rage and sent him crashing to destruction. The diabolical defeat of man, was his goal for he had severed man from the relationship that he had with God and Satan felt like it was forever for sin had been introduced into God's perfect world now contemplate with me quickly the cost how to repair this relationship now I will say this that God could have thrown the pieces of broken, disobedient humanity to the four corners of the universe. He could have swept them away into the dustbin of some solar system. He could have carelessly cast them aside and they would be gone to some, he could have gone to some other realm in his vast cosmos and started all over again. But no. His love for man was too great. This priceless treasure must be redeemed, not replaced. Repaired, not recycled. Reconciled, not rubbished. How quickly, the contest. Sin had brought about an awful conqueror to the fray. Napoleon, Caesar, Attila the Hun, Adolf Hitler, Genghis Khan, Khan, David with his tens of thousands, they had all, they all paled in comparison to this enemy. This enemy's name was death. He carries a black flag. He takes no prisoners. His palace is a sepulcher. His flowers are the faded garlands from funeral pyres. His music is weeping and wailing. His chalice a skull. His fountains are the falling tears from the eyes of broken hearted thousands. His conveyance is the black slow moving hearse. His pulse is the funeral beat of death. For our book says sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. And the wages of sin is death. Now on the horizon, we see the craftsman. God needed someone to put it back together. God provided a master craftsman to repair the fallen, broken human race. I would say to you tonight, he volunteered. As the plan of the ages was a lamb slain from the foundations of the world. So he came. He left the fellowship of the father, the song of the seraphim, the cheers of the cherubims, the anthems of the angels, the scepter of sovereignty, and all the holiness of heaven the one who had created all things, the one who flung who flung the galaxy, galaxies off of his fingertips, the one who created the tiniest atom and the largest sun, the one who created man in all of his complexity. He laid aside his glory and became a man himself. He came on a rescue mission from heaven to restore fallen man. The amazement of his coming is this. He came as a baby. The eternal of the ages became a child. He with hair as white as wool became a bald babe in a manger. He who spoke the worlds into existence became a babbling, cooing, speechless waif. He who was infinite became an infant. He who supports the universe, for the Bible says, by him all things consist, is now supported in a virgin mother's arms. And he who is king of kings is now the supposed son of a carpenter. He who is heir of all things becomes a pauper in a stable. No home. He said later on, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has not where to lay his head. He who is the monarch of all eternity is now the child of the day. Omnipotence is sheathed in a weakling baby's arms. Omniscience bristles beneath the soft pape of that babe in the manger. The eye that could see the sparrow fall now focuses dimly. The voice that could raise the dead is now mute and cannot speak. He leaves the stable. His surrogate parents, they flee to Egypt. He returns to Nazareth and then one day at Jordan's bank, his cousin proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the Father pronounces from heaven, this is my begotten Son in whom I am well pleased. Heavenly power hovers on his shoulders and his earthly repair work begins the reconstruction of fallen man commences down the dusty streets of Jerusalem, on the shores of Blue Galilee, at a well in Samaria, he searches for and finds broken pieces of humanity in the marketplace, at the temple, strange places always he searched. That's why he came Luke 19 and 10, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Blind Bartimaeus was lovingly retrieved, a leper, a harlot. They were all broken pieces placed gently in their places. A tax collector and even children were all part of his master design. The rich, the poor, they were all part of broken humanity. They were of infinite value, though, to the craftsman. Then in one fell swoop, the price was paid for the reparation work. There in the garden, the cup was passed. So the Bible says that he could taste death for every man. And bear the curse due all us sinners to stand in the sinner's place, yea, to suffer in the sinner's place. I thought about it. Why did the gospel say he was sorrowful in the garden? He was very heavy. He was sore amazed. I think it's all wrapped up in verse 21 of our text tonight. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was about to become sin. Luther said this. Now Luther had some things he didn't know much about but he knew a little bit about this luther said he was looked upon by god as if he were all the sinners in the world as if he had committed all the sin that had ever been committed by his people and on him must all the vengeance due for it be poured when jesus bore our sin He bore the sin of all of us, not just in this room, but the billions who have been on this planet. Spurgeon said it this way. You think about this. Sin had always been abhorrent to him. But now his thoughts were engrossed with he saw its worse than deadly nature, its heinous character, and deadly aim. And there, alone in the garden, for the only disciple that wasn't asleep was coming to betray him. Here he is, perfectly holy, in capable of sinning. Here is a man without taint, spotlessly pure, who had never sinned about to bear it all. Now one thought of his will could have escaped it. Perhaps his manhood said, do not bear it. Maybe his pure heart said, do not stand in the sinner's place. But that mysterious divine nature I think may have shrank from it. But his infinite love, his desire to repair mankind, said, I'll bear it. His holiness was like a Hercules, but his love was a transcending titanic tonic. He said, I will take it all. And he bore in his own body our sins on the tree. He looked into that cup. You remember, he said to his father, let this cup pass from me. You know, we see life one page at a time. One day at a time. But he saw the whole book of life. He knew what was there. I'm sure it must have repulsed him. Just to see my sin. Just mine. Just what I've done in these 70 years of life on this planet. He saw mine. He saw yours. He saw it all. I don't know if it went through his mind. Can't take his. That's way too much to bear. Let this cup pass from me, Father. Could you somehow put yourself in that cup tonight and recognize? That all the iniquity, all the backbiting, all the criticisms, all the pride, all the ungodliness, all the things that go through your mind like wild birds through the day, all the lust, all the desire, all the displeasing things, all the cursing, all the cussing, all of that of yours was in that cup that day. But he bowed in resolve and he proclaimed, Not my will, but thine. And he lifted that cup to his lips and drained it. Then to the judgment hall and Gabbatha and the whipping post and Pilate's and Herod's and then lonely Golgotha and he died. And he was buried and rose again and conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's dead. I, you know, I could spend a lot of time here and I'm not going to usurp my brother's time. But I going to tell you something. I would think for those, the devil doesn't know everything. And I would think for those three days, he thought and death thought they had won. I don't know if they ever had a conversation, but if it did, I I would think it went something like this. How you doing, death? I got him. Satan had a pretty good memory, I would think. He said, well, you know, uh, there was a guy named Methuselah and he just about outlived you. And there was a fellow named Enoch and he outwalked you. And there was a fellow by the name of Elijah and he outrode you. And death said, don't worry about it. i got this one. I've got got all the rest. But up from the grave he arose. I don't know if they ever had another conversation or not. But if they did, I doubt if Jesus' name ever came up. Because he did come up. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Ever since that day. His divine accomplices and His earthly apprentices like you and me. We have been picking up pieces, broken pieces of humanity. Those seeking forgiveness, it has been granted and folks have been placed back in His divine plan. Nearly five decades ago, He found me. I don't know when He found you. But he picked me up out of the miry clay and pen and painstakingly placed me back into his plan. Secured the provenance of your position in his own blood and diamond-tipped pen has written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Finally, the completion. One of these days, <laughs> the last piece. Of the puzzle of life. <laughs> Maybe the puzzle of redemption would be a better word. The job will be completed. I think he's, you know, I don't know if that vase that he started, I think it probably started there. You know, people began to be saved in the book of Acts by the thousands. And he started there on the bottom. And that vase has come up through the centuries. Those Who have won souls to Jesus Christ? I think we're up somewhere at the rim of that vase. (laughs) And one of these days, at the lip of that vase, the very last piece of redemption's puzzle will be put in its place. And the trump of God will sound and the voice of the archangel will echo across this world and out of long forgotten graves and old country cemeteries and majestic mausoleums miles deep, perhaps in the depths of the sea, the sound will be heard as millions rise. Shout, give us back our bodies. Make way, O oh, grave, you've held me long enough. We gave it up in corruption. You must surrender it now in incorruption. From the battlefields of the world, from the overcrowded cemeteries and graveyards of, the, of this old planet, family spirits, I think, hover over family plots. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. Folk in heaven are not dumber than we are Here. Don't you think that they know when it's getting close? Some of you, you're going to have your family show up here in the next few hours, if not two or three days. You'll know they're coming. You've texted back and forth. Some of you will call every hour to get a mile, my mile (laughs) accounting of where they are. Oh, friend, they know. They know. Dozens over the Titanic, the Arizona, the Edmund Fitzgerald up from the couches of plenty at Westminster Abbey. The pyramids tremble over fallen pharaohs, kings and beggars, rich and poor, babes and the aged, great men and otherwise burned in great fires, those who died in mass graves. Bus kids, dope fiends, big kids, bad men, drunks, society, maven, mavens, uh, rebels, you, me, all the redeemed. Hey, they're coming out of the grave, and our we'll get a brand new, glorified body. The completed work of the redemption of mankind. This is one of the verses that just sets me back. I've never heard anybody explain it to me very well, but our book says in the little book of Jude that we will be presented faultless in the presence of his glory. (laughs) That vase of humanity that makes up his children Will be placed in prominence for all to see. Yes. I thank God there'll be no marks, there'll be no scars yes. of restoration, saving the restorer himself. Yes. Stay with it, friends. Yes. The completion is upon us, yes. the rejoicing and the reunion will be worth it yes. all. I'm not singing tonight, but I'm quoting a couple of songs. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. And I like this one, too it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. The trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So gladly run the race till we see I like this one too. There's a river somewhere that's called Jordan. And they say that it's deep and it's wide. That they say that the king and the beggar on that shore will stand side by side. Oh, the river is dark and it's storming. It shall pass like a dream in the night. And my soul shall awake in the morning in regions of endless delight. At the crossing of the Jordan, why should I be afraid? There is someone there that loves me to guide me across the Jordan to endless joys above. And I like this last little sentence. We don't have to cross Jordan alone because Jesus died for our sins to atone. Father in heaven, I thank you for that night (laughs) at 2124 LaWanna Drive in Lansing, Michigan. When you found this small fragment, this little piece, and you put me in the eternal Portland, vase you put me in your family you gave me a job to do you've never left me you've never forsaken me You never turned your back on me I've said no to you when I should have said yes like the young lady sang a while ago I've kept me for me a lot of times and not given me to you. I pray, oh God in heaven, you'd help us to realize what you've done for us.